Oh, yes. This is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. And today's show, sponsored by Cheshire Impact, on a mission to help people maximize their use of Pardot and Salesforce. CheshireImpact.com. Bam. Hey, everyone. Before we get started with the show, I'm excited to announce two things. First is that my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, is now live on Amazon. So go get it. The second thing is we have a new sponsor, Qualified.com. I'm going to tell you about them in the next couple seconds here and also how you can get a free copy of my book thanks to them. So who are these people? Well, Qualified is the number one live chat and chatbot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Sales reps can have real-time personalized conversations with who? Your hottest website visitors. So I want you to know, I don't just partner with anyone. I genuinely love these guys and the platform, we use it at my company. Our sales team loves it. We've closed a lot of deals based on it. Um, had a lot of great conversations with prospects too. So, you know, a lot of marketing these days is what? Hurry up and wait, right? Fill out this form. And then if we pass you over to sales, maybe you'll swap six emails with them to find a good time to talk. But what if a prospect is doing research right now and they would chat now? Why not give them the opportunity? So the best part is your company actually decides what leads are worth a live chat. There's a lot of noise out there. You don't want to talk to everyone. So Qualified actually connects to Salesforce and Pardot, and it's able to pull in lead and contact information. So you can specifically know if you're talking to a VIP, a VP, a decision maker. It's really kind of like magic. Now, if you don't know who someone is, well, what happens then, Casey? Well, that's when the bots come in handy. Chatbots can then ask you know, questions to further qualify a lead. Find out if maybe this is someone you do want to talk to. And they can book meetings while your sales team is out. And they can wake up the next morning with a bunch of meetings on their calendar. Now, here's the promo. If you are a company that wants to give your sales team this ability, right, to be able to talk to decision makers right when they're on your website, do this. Go to qualify.com and start a chat, right? They use their own tool, of course. Start a chat. Tell them that Casey sent you. If you have Salesforce Pardot, when you schedule and then do a demo, they will send you a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed. Not bad, right? Well, it's only while supplies last. So hop on this thing today. And that's it for sponsors. Let's get to the show. And we're live with a click of a button. We start recording and we get cranking on this next episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm super excited to introduce my guest today. Um, she is amazing. She is a marketing consultant, but also a champion of human potential. Like, isn't that just the coolest combination? It's like a killer combination, the marketing consulting side and that human potential side. So we're going to get into all sorts of really fun topics today. Um, her past is, is littered with all sorts of accomplishments, um, climbing the corporate ladder, only to now be on her own. She's uh, been a director at Arnold. She's been a VP of marketing at several firms, but now she's gone rogue. So she's consulting. <laughs> she's a consultant to the stars and to, to growing organizations. Renee Herendine, welcome. Thank you so much. Excited to be here today. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, the, the things that you love chatting about, the experiences that you have, I can't wait to understand more about them. So this, you know, this episode is very much around you know, marketing and that, that human side and, and fact that we're marketing to humans and we are humans and in our careers and our wants and all those different things all this sort of collides today so i want to pass you something special here it's very heavy here we go okay here it is it's, it's <laughs> if i could take that over go ahead yeah grab that and, Love it. and smash for me some kind of marketing myth bogus strategy, something that just drives you crazy and you wish it just got set the record straight. Yeah. The one thing that drives me crazy after being in the agency world for a long time and now being on my own and also working with small agencies, there is this myth that you, the big agency has the big idea that you have to hire a big agency. That is false. That is completely false. You know, a lot of marketing agencies, they'll sell you this fabulous quote unquote team and then they win the business. Oh, and you have a whole different team. Funny how really? that works. Oh, yeah. Wow. Bait and switch much. Bait and switch. Smoke and mirrors. <laughs> so you think you're getting Don Draper. 
Yeah. Really, you're like not. You're getting like the intern in the back. Exactly. No, it's so true. They put the big guns in the room, and then the business is won, and it's 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 many other people that you haven't even met working on the business. Interesting. So, and, and you've been there. You've experienced this. Oh yeah. And, and so you realize. And so if if a, a business owner comes to you, large or small, and they're like. I need to get this campaign. Or I need some creative thinking to happen here. The advice is, is not to go seek the largest firm you can find because you're just paying overhead at that point. So that's exactly what it is. And I think yeah. that's the thing that bothers me most is what you're paying for. The people, the smart people doing the great work, they're not seeing the financial gain of this. It goes to a lot of these agencies are owned by one entity. So they're all owned by like an Omnicom or Publicis. And they're the ones making the money, not ah. the individuals doing the work. So now as a consultant, and I also do work with a lot of small boutique firms, they have the same great talent, but the people are actually getting the benefit of their great work. Got it. Got it. What goes on in there? I mean, I, I haven't personally hired any large, um, well, I guess I've done some work with like pay-per-click agencies, but I haven't hired like a big you know, mm -hmm. ad firm. I mean, what, what, what kind of goes on? Is it like the Mad Men or is it, is it, <laughs> is it, or is it like different? Oh, so it depends. So if okay. it's a public company, not as much like that Mad Men. Okay. Privately held. Yes. Oh, definitely. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. But not as much these days after okay. 2008 in the crash of the market, a lot of the budgets were cut, but prior to that, definitely Mad Men, definitely a lot of crazy things, fun, fun yeah. and drama and <laughs> oh yeah eight seasons on netflix or however many it is and you know it's funny i have to admit i've only watched one episode of mad men you've only well it hits too close to home <laughs> yeah. yeah it's too real <laughs> probably gives you ptsd watching yeah, <laughs> yeah. like oh no i was there <laughs> exactly oh okay so um in in the, the kind of places you were at what kind of things did you do were you creating like television commercials for people or or what, yeah. what kind of work did oh, you do? I've done a little bit of everything. I started out managing events nationwide, so in the U.S., okay. for Diageo. So Diageo owns Captain Morgan, Smirnoff, Jose Cuervo, Guinness. So I oh, toured... Sounds like a good company to work for. Oh, it's okay. fabulous. Yeah. I toured the whole... I was around the whole U.S. my first job right out of college, training people on running different events. You know, I did once meet Captain Morgan <laughs> in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, no, Hampton <laughs> Beach. Yeah, and he, there he was at the bar. So here's the secret. They do, <laughs> they do have a national captain. They have a global captain. But then we also train regional captains. Wow, national captain, right? global captain. Regional. Yeah, yes. I'm actually still in contact with one of the – there's a few national captains. Wait, wait. You know <laughs> Captain Morgan? I do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, do, does he always stand like that with his, with his foot up on the barrel? Oh, only in costume. Only in costume. <laughs> what are the requirements for that? Is that something I can eventually apply for, you think? Or is there like a height requirement? Uh, there might be a certain look, a certain height. They have to I mean, I can grow a Captain Beard if I need to, you know? <laughs> we would have auditions. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, it's acting. So wow. casting, all of that fun stuff. All right. Well, I'll consider the rest of this <laughs> me podcast an audition. <laughs> so, okay. So national events, that sounds fantastic. And yeah. So you're doing events, like global national events. What other kind of activities did, did the- Yeah, uh, did? I've done a lot of fun stuff. So after that, I moved to uh, working for Pepsi International. So we did a lot of packaging design. We did a lot of pretty much all overseas. So looking at Gatorade and uh, we worked on Tropicana, 7up, which is owned by Pepsi overseas, but not here in the States. I think my most fun was the packaging design. And oh, yeah? we actually shot photography with this awesome photographer in New York City where we had to drop ice cubes for the packaging. And I'm like, oh, you know, you just drop them in water. But actually, it was vodka. And really? that, that made the splash and the droplets and everything really photogenic. Oh, because it's supposed to be 7-Up, but instead it was, right. it was vodka. Yeah. To make that kind of swoosh come up. Exactly. What would happen if, if, you, if you drop it in 7-Up, then it just bu bubbles, right? It, I, it won't... I, I guess. We had, I mean, there's people that this is their food full-time job as a food stylist. Yeah. So figuring out how to make things look as you want them to, even though 
they're not the real thing. A food stylist. Oh yeah. Oh, that's huge. huge. I mean, any photo shoot you see of like Applebee's or any of the chain restaurants or any yeah. restaurant, it's all fake food. It's yeah. It never styled. looks like that. Kidding no. me? McDonald's? No, 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 no way. Bane switch. It never <laughs> looks like that. <laughs> the secrets of marketing. Seriously. Okay. Well, this yeah. is exciting. So, so crazy environment. Now, was it wasn't necessarily oh, yeah. like map a crazy environment? And then you're doing all these national and big impact things with big brands. What was all that like? Oh, it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was early in my career too, getting started with these yeah. awesome brands. So I just kept moving and finding, okay, what's next? What else can I do? I yeah. get bo- I get bored easily. I want to sure. try a lot of new things, do a lot of new things. So after being in New York City for several years, I actually moved to Chicago and tried out Chicago and I worked for Digitas. So okay. I got really into the digital world. I love digital. Got it. So before that, it, it was, which which group was that? Was it more of a big ad agency kind of thing? In New York City? Yeah. Yeah, New York City, I was at Tracy Locke and also a company called US Concepts that was later bought. So Tracy Locke is still around. Captain Morgan, but yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. So so you got digital when you went to Chicago? Yeah, I've always loved digital. I, I mean, I grew up in that age, but, you know, I just, I found it fascinating, the things you could do and all of the different pieces of it. But working at Digitas, really deep dive into app building and website build and user personas and all of the fun understanding of how things get done using research and using smart thinking. Got it. Smart thinking. Is that just like being rational or yeah, using data or using, using data it's okay. versus, Oh, I think this will work. Oh, let's try to back it up. Let's do some research. Let's <laughs> ask the users versus oh, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of times people say, well, I know how it is. It's my product. And I'm like, do you really, have you watched people use it? Have you, talk to people have you right tell me about that because i think sometimes we think we're our buyer and yes. sometimes we are sometimes <laughs> we're not and probably most of the time we're not right i no, mean what did no, you experience so every time i work with a new client especially now i ask to speak with their customers and i do a full customer research i have i call them interviews so stakeholder interviews so i will call them or if I can meet with them in person, just to understand how do you use this product? How do you interface with it? What do you like about it? What don't you like about it? How did you find out about it? And you find out a lot of other things versus sometimes the client, uh, yes, they know their product in and out, no question, but little tidbits come out that really help build a marketing plan, even their media habit usage. So Mm. If we're saying, my client's saying, for example, oh, we need to be on Twitter. Twitter's the place to be. And then I interview a bunch of customers and they all say, oh, I don't have time for Twitter. Right. Or I don't even understand it. I don't even understand. Yeah. Right. Or I I don't use it. All right. So it's always good to understand who your audience is and actually talk to them. Talk to customers. Don't just think that, oh, because you know the product, you know the answers. Right. And that's probably another myth. I mean, you're just smashing left and right, but just the (laughs) idea that you can you can guesstimate what they like or yes. try to try to work back into the logic of, Oh, look at the numbers show this, but maybe it's not the case. Um, wh- what's your best way of approaching that? Like any recommendations for people who are like, I haven't really talked to my customers. Maybe I'm a little shy or what if they say weird things? What if they say, no, they don't want to talk to me. I mean, have you had people say no? Have you had them say yes? How do oh. you get them to talk to you in the first place? You have to ask around and you just have okay. to ask. I mean, most people yeah. do want to talk. That's the thing I think we're a little shy about, mm. but it's just asking the question, what's the worst they say? No. Yeah. And then you move to the next one, but yeah, definitely ask. They it, say you, no with prejudice. No, and never call me again. <laughs> I don't want to use your product. Yeah, Ever. no, just ask. <laughs> just ask. Okay. And then do you typically ask people for like half an hour? Do you take them out to coffee? What, what's your secret recipe for getting Usually I say 15 minutes because- 15. People are busy. They, yeah. they get worried about talking to you. So I just say, I need 15 minutes. That's all I need. And I have a list of standard questions, but I sometimes I go with my gut. So if I'm talking to someone and something comes up, I will just start that, go down that avenue. Cause sometimes things come out that you never thought would come out. If you mm. just ask the standard set of questions. So I follow whatever the conversation's going. I go that path. It, so do you have like a, now, by the way, 15 seems like super short. Does mm-hmm. it ever like go long or do you just oh, kind of cram it in? Oh, there? no, it goes long. But okay. you, it's that mentality of, oh, yeah. I'll give you 15 minutes. 
a little little agency bait and switch you learn from the best <laughs> no exactly so okay so you get them in there do you have like a starter question starter question like go to golden starter question or how do you begin those those calls i always ask them about themselves so like who are you what do you do okay. that's my number one question and then how do you know this product tell me more about it yeah how, how do you know it tell mm -hmm. me more about it wow and so and they just get started talking and they just oh yeah and they just keep going and i'm like try i'm recording it but i'm trying to take some notes at the same time yeah are they cool with you recording they're like yeah, yeah sure. i always of course i always ask but most of the time i've had one person say no but i'm like yeah. do you mind if i take notes and that was okay but they did not want to be recorded it's not like you're gonna turn into a podcast on the very no, thing exactly <laughs> Yeah, please speak right into this microphone. This is going to go on the air in front of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what do you say to get them to let you record? Are they just, you just say, hey, I just want to. Yeah, it's just, it's for my own purposes, just to use it further. So, because sometimes when you're talking to someone, you want to be in the moment versus, yeah. you know, versus like having to, okay, let me write down what they're saying. Let me remember all this. So if I'm able to record, I can be in the moment versus, all right, let me write that down. And then I'm not thinking, I'm just writing. Totally, totally. I experience that all the time on these podcasts. Yeah. I learn all these amazing things and I'm like, oh, I think, I think I'm going to write that one down, but oh, maybe not that <laughs> one. And then uh, back and forth. Okay. So how many, how many of these calls, you say you have a brand new client, what, what do you tend to, what makes you feel good? Like you've talked to enough of them? You know, I start with about five. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm getting, if they're five that are pretty much on the same page and I'm hearing uh, reoccurring themes, I'll stick with that. But if I'm getting things all over the board, I'm going to request five more, maybe 10 more. And it really depends on the client, the product, who yeah. their customer is. I wonder if you get like those different personas start to shine from just the different patterns that emerge from more and more conversations. Yeah. Oh, completely. Huh. Okay. So you do this research and, and, and you learn some of this. Um, working with the larger agencies, did they do it the right way? Did they start out that way too? Oh yeah, or? Oh, yeah. Okay. but they would spend thousands on doing focus groups and research panels, quantitative research, qualitative research. Yeah, thousands of dollars. And what's your take on all those other methods? You know, I'm not against it, but I do think it's a little forced, forced fun, not, not fun, I guess, forced, um, I don't even know the word for it. So you're in a focus group, yeah. you're thinking differently. You know, you're in this yeah. group of people. Sometimes there's group think. Well, if somebody says one thing, you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. But that wasn't really what you were thinking. Yeah, that makes sense. I've seen, I don't know where it was, a documentary or something where they purposely did an experiment like that, where they said, which line is longer? And then all the people in front of them were actually paid act actors. And they were all like, oh, it's definitely that line. And they got people to say, uh, yeah, it's that line too. It was right. definitely not that line. Like they got people to just admit to most crazy things because everyone else in the focus group said it exactly no that that's what happens i mean i've sat through many focus groups so literally me you know the the double screen behind like a, the screen the mirror kind of yeah oh wow. yeah yep so i'm sitting on the other side i'm watching this but the people are in a circle it's it's structured you know and they think you're telling one thing but it might not be the truth that's the one key i want to point out is they're they're, they're forced to be there or they've, I mean, they're getting paid, but they already have thoughts where if you have authentic conversations one-on-one, -on -one, sometimes things come out that might mm. not come out in a bigger group. Yeah. I could see that being the case. It mm -hmm. seems kind of fake. Do they know you're behind? Like, can they tell? Oh, like yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they, they know that there are people watching them. I think yep. people act differently when they feel like they're being watched. Yes. I agree with that too. You know? Yeah. I mean, only, slightly different as like a podcast saying where it's a com it's just you and me here yeah. you know but um <laughs> but well you know other people eventually get to take part but at the same time if you're in a room and you have no people that are watching you i could see some people performing you know just trying to let me let me make the best quote let me see if i can get my quote yes and exactly yep that's yeah. that's what i mean not all focus groups some of them have produced really great results but i do think that that does happen do you, do you know what the difference was between the good ones and the bad ones or is it just luck of the draw? I just, I find one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. interviews where you're talking to someone, you're asking questions, you're letting the conversation flow. That, that to me is way more useful than putting people in a focus group and getting the answer, whatever that may be. Yeah. Whatever they think they mm -hmm. have to say. Okay. Yeah. 
So and where, how do you proceed after that when you've got this research done? Mm-hmm. Is so there I'll, a data yeah, crunching? So what do you do? Yeah. I'll do a recap. I'll do a whole data audit and dump of kind of like what I think, what I saw, huh. what I heard. And then what next steps are. So I'm hearing X, Y, and Z. Like these people are on LinkedIn every day. They use LinkedIn for this, 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 and this. These people are um, always researching using this tool. So I kind of gather all of that, put it together, and then I'll say, all right, based on what I've heard, these are the themes. Maybe we explore some of these messages. And then these are the ways to reach these individuals. Mm-hmm. And we, we go from there. So you've got a sense for who they are, you've got a sense for their pain and their problems, their challenges, and you know where they might be listening to you. No, exactly. Yeah. Wow. And then it's like, what, time to build that campaign? Time to build that campaign. You pour pour yourself something from that drink (laughs) cart and then you swish it around and you come up with an idea. Yeah. How how does it proceed? Like in in a big agency setting, how does it proceed once you've got sort of all your things Mm. figured out? It all depends on the age. Each agency is different. So sometimes one team will kind of pull everything together and then we'll all review it and give our feedback. Sometimes I pull it together. I mean, recently now, obviously being a consultant, I pull everything together. Um, I have my drink card over here. (laughs) Do you? (laughs) I do actually. (laughs) That's awesome. I once did one of these where there actually was a drink card in the shot, like in the video to the back left of someone. And I was like, hey, wow, that's pretty good selection over there. (laughs) Yeah, well, we actually, my first, uh, the event company, we did have a bar in the office, a full bar. Well, it makes sense, right? I mean, Captain Morgan. Exactly, we had to support it. It was one of those things where you had it, but then no one actually used it. Oh, no, we used it. Oh, you used it? (laughs) You're like, oh, no, we definitely used that. And Uh, my favorite was at Arnold, we actually had a beer vending machine. Wow. Did yeah. you have to put money in or swipe your ID yeah. or just No, we got um we got key fobs. So we got X number of beers per month. And his name was Arnie. And wow. he literally <laughs> he swiped it and then it like a vending machine, the beer comes over, drops down. Wow. I wonder if they're looking at reports going, oh, look, Renee got all six of her allocation <laughs> on Thursday. Oh, that would explain did. a lot of that creative work that came out on Thursday. Yeah, right. <laughs> wow. Okay. So they're keeping it fun and you were definitely utilizing the full bar. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, and creating these campaigns. With, and so when it, you got more digital, would it be just you name it like every channel you could that they had ex- expressed interest in? Oh, Yeah. So with Digitas, it was a little bit more, I mean, we designed and created apps and got apps into the Apple store and all oh, that cool. back in the day. Yeah. A uh, lot of website design. So that, that's where that research is key coming in in order to build a proper website. Um, but I do, I love digital, but I also really, I think integrated campaigns are mm. so important. I mean, some people say TV is dead. No, it's not dead. It's video. It's storytelling. It's reaching someone in a different way. So to me, the best campaign is honestly having all of those channels where your audience, where they're interacting. Right. So Tell me about what does that mean to you? Like integrated, does that mean that you TV as well or just multiple things or what's your take? Yeah, multiple things. Omni-channel. So you're having, so we as consumers, we get hit with over 15,000 messages a day, whether we know it or not. So it's catching those people multiple times throughout their day. So, I mean, you wake up, maybe you, obviously, I mean, I checked my phone. So yeah. you, you see something there. You turn on the TV, you're watching the morning news. Certain people, you get in the car, you're driving, there's a billboard, there's radio, mm-hmm. there's, or you're taking the subway. So there's tea advertising. So there's just so many multiple touch points. So it's really understanding the journey of who you're going after and hitting them at multiple points. That makes a lot of sense. Understand the journey and then hit them at multiple points. Yeah. That, that's what I really enjoy doing, building those strategies in order to reach the consumer. But it, the bigger piece, too, is that you're sol- you should be solving a need for them. Mm. So it's not just about you. It's about them. Solve a need. Tell me more about that because I think we lose sight of that. We do. Oh, we definitely yeah. do. I talk about what's in it for me as a consumer. So it's always about what's what value are you providing me? I mean, back in the day, there weren't as many channels. So think pre-digital. We had what TV, out of home, radio, newspaper. There was no digital. Right. So you had those minimal channels and it was easy. Right. <laughs> you could reach people on those. But now we're just hit by so many different things all the time. 
you have to find the consumer need and really focus on that, like provide value to them. Value yeah. Yeah. You got, you got Instagram ads now and you got all sorts of the different things happening. Yeah. I guess it's more of a playground now in the marketing world, as long as you know what's working or can tell, you know, yeah, what's no, effective. It, it is. And it, it is tough. Attribution can be really tough, but um, there's a lot of fun, different tools out there for attribution. What, what do you think, just kind of closing on sort of the big agency world, what kind of things did they do right? What kind of big company things do you, do you think are flawed, you know, like reviews and all these other kind of things? Oh. Like what, what's your take on um, yeah. What do they do so, right? What do they do wrong? If you made your own agency, would you ever go that big or would you, <laughs> you know? My number one thing. So I am, as you mentioned earlier, I'm a champion of human potential. So yeah. I am really about the people and really about personal growth, professional growth, developing as individuals. We're here to give back. We're here to do something good in this world. And being at advertising agencies for 12 years of my career, I didn't feel that they had a strong development part of the company. I, and about, I think it was about four or five years ago, I realized, I'm like, this is what I want to start doing. I want to help people grow and develop and reach their potential yeah. and feel really good about what they're doing. And yeah. that, that piece was missing. And I, I still think it is missing in a lot of the agencies where it's grow your talent. They get, they remain happy. They feel fulfilled. They stay. So it, to me, it's obvious, but um, a lot of, I don't see it in a lot of the big companies or big yeah. ad agencies where they're really developing the individual. Yeah. It's something about the culture too. I mean, I haven't been super big agencies, but I've been in situations where I've experienced that where, and it's almost like, you know, the people are like a cog in a machine and you just kind of churning them out. It's like, okay, we understand we're going to pay you terribly. You're going you're gonna to overwork about a year and a half. Then you're going to leave and you're going to go client side. You're going to get a better job. Like yeah. It's like this sort of tacit understanding that we're just going to do wrong by each other. You know? No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that that's, and then along with that is performance reviews. So okay. not I, a fan. Oh no. Like if you have to wait a year to evaluate my performance, and tell me I'm not doing well. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, you could have told me that eight months ago. You know? I, it should be, to me, it should be real-time feedback. If yeah. something is happening, like if that. something is not going well, you, as a manager, you need to tell your employee what's happening. You need to be transparent. Transparent, that's the word I, I'm looking for. And it's not always comfortable. Reality and authenticity, vulnerability is not comfortable. Right. But that helps the person grow. I remember my second job out of school, we had our annual review and I had a horrendous review. Wow. My, it was a new manager. She had just started and she's like, you're doing this, you're doing this wrong. The client doesn't like you. Like <laughs> ranted for a good 45 minutes of like, here I am this young 20 something. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm speechless. I had no yeah. idea that any of this was going on. Here I was thinking, oh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm going, getting to work every day. I like this job. And it could have been solved by her having a conversation with me of, hey, you know, this is what's happening. Like, is, can I help you with something or can we work on something together? So it's just having transparent conversations regularly. Yeah. I, I think need to get, we get rid of the yearly regular conversations happen instead. Yeah. Yeah. More of that lean mindset, you know, that sort of agile, like tell me right away so you can correct yes. it right away. That way you don't have to deal with me doing it wrong for a month or a year. Exactly. And then there's resentment and then people start not liking each other. It's, it, yeah. it's just open lines of communication all the time. Yeah. I guess those kind of reviews, if you're only doing them once a year, gosh, it's kind of like, it's it's not forward looking it's so retroactive it's like looking in the past it's like it, like what do you how, how do you take action on that you don't it kind of probably bums you out and you leave exactly that's exactly what it is they're, yeah i'm sure <laughs> they're not there to i mean i think it's just what's been done in the past and a lot of people say oh because we've done it in the past we're going to do it this way in the future right and that's not my mindset at all you know, i'm always looking at ways to change things make things better how do we move forward? How do we evolve? Right. So tell me about the, the human potential side, the, the champion of the people. Like where did that come from? Yeah. And, and how, how does that 
find its way into your marketing? Oh, definitely. So it started working at the ad agencies, not realizing there wasn't this piece that helped us develop or on even onboarding. So when you started, maybe someone kind of walked you through things, maybe someone didn't. And you just got thrown into the fire. Go ahead, start working. <laughs> so I saw the need and yeah. I became, I, this was, I think, 2016. I really started to feel like this is what I love doing. So anytime I had employees, I made sure they were fully onboarded. I had weekly, I called them coffee chats with all of my employees to understand how cool. they're doing, what their personal goals are. And I'm, I'm big about personal passion. Mm. So what do you really care about? What really drives you? I mean, yes, we're all working to make money, but what is that thing that like lights like lights you up? Yeah. Makes you happy. And that's that's what I love hearing. I love hearing those stories. Um, yeah, the thing you do for free, the thing that you would yes. just do for fun all day. Exactly. No questions and, asked. You just love it. Yeah. yeah. And it's possible to do that. And that's what I want I think more people need to understand that, yes, you can work in a job and be miserable every day, or you can start looking at other things and things will come together. If you mm -hmm. really put your passion forward, things will happen. Uh, so about two years ago, I decided to go back to grad school. Oh, cool. Yeah, I got my master. I just graduated this summer. Congrats. Thank you. I received my master's in organizational leadership. Mm. Yes. So to me... That is helping people shine that light, figure out what they're good at. And that's where my marketing comes in. So my, my recent work, I'm working with a lot of people that have something fabulous they're doing, but need to tell that story. Right. Right. So I'm working to bring that voice to the fabulous things they're doing. Huh. Who are you? Take me back. Like I, I'm trying to understand like how you became this sort of like all-knowing sage of marketing and leadership and all these things. Like take us back to like little Renee days. Did you always know you're gonna go down this path? Were you always kind of like this, or what, what's your what's your deal? Yeah. So it was funny. I actually really wanted to be an actress oh, in live, yes. live in New York City. That was my goal. Those were the two things. And then something happened. I was like, eh, I don't really, that's not what I want to do. But I knew I had to be in New York City. I only applied to schools in New York City for when I was going to college. That's it. I just knew it. When did you, when did you know that wasn't your thing when you were going to do something different? Um, acting. I, I acted in high school and I, I yeah. liked it. But I did too. Yeah. Oh, did you? Oh. Yeah, totally. And I like it, but it just wasn't, it, I don't know. I didn't feel that that was exactly what I was meant to do. Right. Totally get that. I think there's like even th there's some way that it winds its way in, but maybe it's not specifically mm -hmm. acting in a particular play every day. Maybe it's a podcast. Maybe it's speaking to your organization or whatnot. But oh yeah, for me, I find that performance sort of weaves its way in, but it's not always the same thing that I did, like the high school play or something. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, yeah. as a marketer, you are you are acting sometimes. <laughs> you know, um, I had a chance to go to New York. You might have even been there at this point. Um, I was at school and and my we were doing like Model UN or something. We were doing like United Nations or something. And so there's a school trip to New York to um, visit the United Nations and I don't know, whatever. But a friend of mine and I, uh, he was well connected in New York. Mm -hmm. We decided instead we we're going to just randomly go to an audition in New York <laughs> and then go out to the bars afterward then meet up with the class who had like gone to United it's terrible right like that's awesome don't don't run for office now Casey but, <laughs> um but yeah and so we did that and um yeah it was just kind of fun you know yeah. just kind of doing that thing but I could the the thing I read for had me swearing all over the place and I just wasn't that character so it wasn't a didn't even feel it fit at all but it was fun to kind of just do it yeah um, but I was like yeah it's that's not me please don't please don't have me do this part <laughs> um so did you actually go to New York and you're like doing that at some point then you switched over to no so I just I knew I wanted to go into business so throughout high school I was class president I was part oh. of this um, so you were the class president yes yes wow and then I was part of, um, there was this group called FBLA, which is the Future Business Leaders of America. Oh, cool. So I was heavily part of that organization. 
And what was that like? Did, did they like, have you do mock businesses or? Oh yeah. We had mock businesses, mock speeches. We had competitions. Uh, We traveled every year to different parts of the U S and we competed in different like public speaking or um, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. This was a long time ago, but it, it was great to be with other people that we were, we wanted to go into business. We wanted to be leaders. Yeah, that's cool. Being around like like-minded people and mm-hmm. you can geek out on things that y'all want to geek yeah. out. Yeah, totally. So okay, so how did this thing start? So you went to okay, class president. You go to school and you know you want to be in business. So mm-hmm. what marketing as a major so, or I didn't I didn't know actually. Yeah. I I went nobody does it. right like yeah, not too many right? people. It's like all right, you're 18. Figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. And <laughs> whatever you choose, you're going to be obligated to pay for it for several years. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, that's a whole nother conversation. I don't Seriously. know how we changed that model, but uh, yeah. side note on that one. So I go for business and I'm living in lower Manhattan. I went to Pace University Okay. and um, I worked at a gym and I worked at this gym called Curves for Women. I had worked okay. at, I grew up in Rhode Island, so I was working at the one in Rhode Island. So when I moved to New York City, they had just opened two new gyms. So I'm like, oh, great, I need a job. So I started working at one on 23rd Street in Manhattan. And so the whole preface of Curves, it's gone now. It was a franchise. There might be- a I remember it. I, it's yeah. completely gone or is it- There's a few left, okay. but um, it's pretty much gone. So it was a circle. And you did circuits. So you would like run in place and then you would do a machine and then you would run in place and you changed every 30 seconds. Got it. So as an employee, I had to stand in the middle of the circle, make sure everything, everyone was doing things properly and also talk to people. Wow. Which fun for me. I love. Sounds totally. like a blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Get those knees up, Susan. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I met this one woman that she would come in every day and she would tell me how much she loved her job and wow. what she did and she worked in marketing and oh. she worked for diageo which is captain morgan jose Cuero, wow. the same company so i met her my sophomore year and she's the one that i said all right i want to go into marketing so i declared my major and i kept in touch with her and come my junior year i reached out and i said hey do you guys need interns by any chance and she's like oh i think we do <laughs> Cool. So my senior year, I became an intern working on Captain Morgan, and the rest is history. They hired me right out of college. Wow. So you were in New York, though, so you got to do the New York thing, oh, and yeah. it sounds like something even more fulfilling than you know chasing those auditions and whatnot was you're just sort of building this career, and it's all because you met her in this sort of circuit-type class. That's yes. awesome. Yes. Yeah, the connections are so powerful, right? Like the people you meet along the way, it's just so good to keep in touch with them. Oh, 100%. I, people asked me, actually, I was uh, away this weekend with a few people and they said, oh, how do you get your clients? I'm like, word of mouth. Everything is relationships, people I meet, people I've talked to. We have a great conversation and it goes from there. Yeah. So networking to me and building relationships and it's not going out to network to get something. I'm more about people's stories. I want to know about you. I want to hear more about you. And that just leads, that's authentic. And that leads to a great conversation. True. You can't really fake that. No. You know, or if you do, just come. You can tell. You can tell if someone's like, oh, I'm I'm here to network with you to sell you something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, those networking things where they're like, hi. And then like (laughs) shake your hand and and they like give you a card and they take yours and then they like shake your hand and they leave. And they're like, wait, what just happened? Right. Yeah, and, no. You know, I I used to um go to those things and you know, the number of business cards you had was kind of like your score. But then I, I soon realized I actually had much more of a fun time if I even just connected with like one person yep. and we hung out at the bar the whole time. And Agreed. Like connected. And you one card out of it, if anything. Exactly. And, no, that's that to yeah. me is way more valuable than twenty cards. Yeah, the the speed rounds or whatnot. Yeah. Um because you can tell and, and I like the idea of saying, well, I don't necessarily, I'm not trying to get anything out of you, but let's just get connected and maybe something cool happens. Yeah. And I I usually, I sometimes talk about work, but I like to talk about other things. Like, what do you do? What do you have fun with? Do you like to travel? (laughs) Yeah. Like, please, something other than that, what do you do conversation? Right. I was just at um, um, a party in a backyard with, for like my son and uh, all these parents were there. Right. So I'm, I'm back in there hanging out with them and it was kind of really kind of fun and awkward because all these none of them really talking someone did say hi 
to everyone that came in. And then that once they introduced themselves, they were like, well, I guess I should go down the line. Like, hi, I'm Casey. Hi, I'm Casey. And, um, but eventually I met, met some cool, I actually met someone who worked at um, Southern New Hampshire University online learning. Apparently they mm-hmm. have 150,000 students. And, oh yeah, they're huge. Yeah, in New Hampshire. And I was like, yeah, cool, let's talk. And so you never know who you're going to meet. And um, it was kind of neat to just sort of make a connection with someone while we're there. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I try to talk to people as much as I can at any type of event. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. So you, you, I get how you made that leap and then you did the New York thing, mm-hmm. you went to Chicago, getting digital now. How did that progress? Did you like fall in love mm. with digital, but not Chicago? Um, yeah, that's exactly it. And <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. I, yeah. mean, I know. <laughs> I mean, Chicago is a great city. I love to visit it. It's clean. It's very nice. But Boston is my home. I'm a true New Englander. That's I love it. this area. So uh, I actually transferred from Boston Digitas to, I'm uh, sorry, from Chicago to Boston at Digitas. Oh, no kidding. Okay, that's cool that they let you do that too. Yep. And, so and yeah, I was just going to say New England, Boston. We just like to win, you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. But I guess not recently, but I most, was gonna say mostly, most of the time. <laughs> most of the time we like to win. <laughs> yeah, I just so, love it here. So you transferred over and and then how how did that go? You, you're in Boston, you're just crushing it. Yeah, I loved it here. Absolutely loved it. Um and then again, here's that networking. Out of nowhere, a recruiter friend of mine who I'd met in Chicago, she was still living in Chicago at the time. She said, I'm recruiting for a large agency in Boston that needs a background similar to yours, would you be interested? And of course, I'm always interested in hearing more. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I went over to Arnold. Oh, yeah. cool. And it was that friend from Chicago. It was my friend from Chicago that recruited me. And here she is, a recruiter living in Chicago. And Arnold doesn't have an office in Chicago. They just, she just had, she has a great network. So they hired her to recruit from remote location. And yeah, she brought me in and I spent several years at Arnold. What what eventually got you, because I know you eventually were the VP of marketing for several mm-hmm. companies, what eventually sort of signaled that shift to to go the consulting route? What was that like? Yeah, I can I tell you I fell into it? Yeah, yeah tell me about <laughs> it. Um, so at the time, I had moved to upstate New York with a former boyfriend, and I was working at a company, and I told them I was moving, and they asked me to stay, but work remote three days a week. I'm like, Oh, this is fantastic. I love it. Great. (laughs) So some people be freaked out, but you're like, Oh, thanks actually. Yeah. This, it was perfect. So I ended up working remote for three months and then they decided, Oh, we need someone full-time. I'm like, Oh, that's fine. So I started looking for another full-time job. And meanwhile, some, one of my former colleagues wrote on Facebook, not even LinkedIn. I'm looking for marketing help. Can anyone help me? And I replied to her, I was like, yeah, of course, what do you need? She's like, oh, you know, uh, we just opened up this new business. We're helping to launch it. Can you help us? So I put together a proposal. And two years, two and a half years later, she's still one of my clients. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow, wow, wow. So you helped them launch a business. And yeah. that was like your fr- first. That was first, I kind of fell into it. And then not too long after, I might have put it on Facebook. No, or LinkedIn somewhere. And another former connection I had made, she reached out and she's like, Oh, I need a digital consultant. I need some digital help. Can you help me? And I'm like, hmm, I sure can. So right. yeah. So those two clients have been actually my clients for over two and a half years now. Wow. 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 So all these things are happening. You're gaining clients. Yeah. And you sort of fell into it. I just fell into it and I, I realized how much I love it. I I love the aspect of making my own schedule and also choosing who I want to work with. Um, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. That's cool. That's that's really cool. If if you were to, you know, hop in a time machine and go back to the very beginning of your career, maybe like you just graduated college, or maybe before then because you had already started some internships. Yeah, you know, back in the day, mm. if you were to kind of go back and talk to yourself back then. What would, you, what would you advise yourself? What would you tell yourself based on all the things you've experienced, the agencies, the client side, the consulting? What kind of things would you tell yourself? I think the number one thing is we're all people. Mm. I, I think being younger and um, being in these positions, I always felt that people with higher titles or higher positions were superior. And maybe they are in a certain sense, but at the end of the day, we're all people. We and we all need to respect each other, be kind, be courteous. And 
I feel being younger in the industry, there was a lot of times where things would happen and I would not speak up. And I would, it just was, it's not the environment nowadays. No way. If someone were to talk to me in an unkind way or disrespectful, I will stand up. But back then I almost felt like, don't disrespect the VP or the CEO or this because they have that title. And it's like, you know, we could be on the street one day and there's something coming. I could save that person's life. Are they a VP then? Are they a CEO then? You know, we're, we're all people. So my number one thing is I, I treat people with respect. There's no question in my mind. I will never yell at someone. I will never disrespect, berate. That's just not who I am. And that's what I want from others. Yeah. To me, there's no need to be rude and inconsiderate. Talk to me as a person because I could be helping save you one day. You just, you never know. Yeah, for sure. Or you may be doing their marketing campaign in the future, <laughs> you know? Exactly. Um, or they may need a reference or what happens if they lose their job and they were so rude to me and they need my help. Like you just never know. Yeah. 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 That. It's crazy how people don't necessarily rem- think about that and think mm-hmm. about the long-term effects of being a complete a-hole yes. <laughs> it follows you around. No, I don't want to help you or work with you or, you know, anyway, be a part of this project because I, I remember you <laughs> from back then. Exactly. Um, did you experience a lot of that kind of stuff in the different oh, yes, 100%. industries? It, it was it was it the, the agency? Was it like, or is just, the, you know, is it the style of the company you're at or is it just, you just happen to have those unlucky roles where you were at some crazy places. I think it happens everywhere. Yeah. I think it's 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 not just a one-off situation. I think a lot of people experience this. I mean, I hear stories from my friends every day. Yeah. It's, it's something that happens. People are very, they're just not kind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hear you because early on in your career, you're like, huh, uh, wow, that's, that's kind of bizarre. Like, mm-hmm. weird. But... Nowadays you're like, Shh, get out of here. <laughs> and that, nowadays I'm like, all right, if you're gonna if we're gonna talk this way, then I'm gonna leave, or we're, we're not going to work together. Yeah, yeah there's well, I I yeah. have no tolerance anymore. But you know, as you're going through the ladder and you're trying to build up your career, you don't want to annoy anyone or piss anyone right. off. <laughs> but do stand up for yourself. It sounds like yeah, it's, stand it's up a, for yourself and for other people too. If they're getting oh completely beat up at work you know people talk about bullying at school but come on work That's it a is. Thing there's, a, yeah. there's bullying at work no question for sure Definitely. so yeah that's great advice how do you what did you take from that organizational leadership having gone through i almost feel like sometimes when you do that it's good to have that pre- previous experience you can go oh what they're talking about now that's what i experienced at this other company don't yes. do that yes so what did you get from that that whole that it was a master's, right? That whole yeah. training. What, I know, summarize your whole master's for me. And so minutes. I really thought that I was going to organizational development or some type of training, personal development. That's my thinking that I was mm. going to go into that role. And so I did this two-year program thinking, all right, I'm getting ready to leave marketing. But what I found is my marketing got stronger. Really? I started, it just kept finding me and it kept coming back. And then I realized my passion is about leadership and people being their own leader and being who they are. So now I'm realizing I'm combining my marketing with helping people be a leader or whatever a leader is to them. In what way? How, how do you do that? So more so understanding, I, I'm, I'm toying with how I'm going to call this, but I think it's kind of the personal branding. Mm. So how do you figure out who you are, who you really are, tell your story and to be doing what you really want to be doing? And it's kind of digging to find that information. I I don't want to use the term life coach because that's to me sounds, I don't know. I'm not against a life coach, but it, it, there's something there. <laughs> yeah. And you know, coaches are the most underrated thing. I've got like four or five of them in like different aspects of my life to sort oh, of help hey. out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, totally. Uh, but yeah, that whole life coach thing can get overplayed and, yeah, and then so, you, you never know who you're getting kind of things. You got to have like a trusted re- reference or Exactly. Or so source. I'm talking with like a personal branding coach or like a marketing coach or just something along those lines to kind of help 
somebody who has a great idea or is doing something awesome, get it out there Mm -hmm. and be able to share it with the world. Where do you start with that? If you're a person, let's say you're working with some people listening here, like where, Mm. where do you start? What kind of questions do you start asking them to try to, maybe they don't know or they say they don't know what their passions are. So it's, I'm starting to work with a lot of people that already have things in progress. Okay. So it's kind of someone that started a business or started working on something awesome. And they just are like, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know where to go next. Or I have this idea and I'm not sure where to go next. So I work with them to kind of pull out, all right, this is what you want to do. Let's focus on one area. It's much better to really have it focused versus I do everything or I want to do everything. Right. And then it's figuring out how we talk about it, how we promote it. Do you need a website? Do we need to work on your personal branding on LinkedIn or what other pieces can we kind of pull together to get the word out and yeah tell that tell that story essentially the personal branding side um it's important do you see that just for the entrepreneurs and owners or everyone I, i think it could be for everyone yeah and a lot of the times we think we have to be someone else in order to succeed, uh, sure. <laughs> one thing that comes to mind, this might be another myth buster. Yeah, but, uh, do it. I'll give you the hammer. Here's the hammer. <laughs> there it is. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I see it a lot where people think they have to have a certain image where mm-hmm. they'll post a picture of themselves from 20 years ago, or they have to look a certain way. And to me, it's be yourself, be who you are, mm-hmm. be the person that you were meant to be, be who you are comfortable And it just, it's also, if you're going to post a picture from 20 years ago, and then I meet you in person, I'm kind of like, um, what's going on here? Sure. So it's, we, of course, we're all going to get older. That's, that's what happens. You can't change that. Well, certain people, maybe you can, but you have to embrace it. Embrace your true self and promote your authentic self. Even though some people are like, well, I'm weird, or I don't know if people like that. Doesn't matter. Somebody will. Yeah, I, I think that last part, because um, they may not be comfortable being themselves, mm-hmm. you know, which is why they're that that fake image or that old image. You know, it's funny, one of the images I like using is me climbing a mountain, uh, and I've got a helmet on and glasses, so you, you, ne- you never know who I am, because yeah. you couldn't see me, because I was all the stuff on, um, instead of just like me smiling on my face, and you're like, oh, I, I know you from LinkedIn now, as opposed to, you know, who is that that guy? Right. No, I like to see the real true someone. And I love like doing video like this. And I feel like actually this is becoming a lot more normal. I'm on many video calls a day with various vendors and clients. And it's like, I love that FaceTime and being able to see people and their expressions. And it's really important. Yeah. Like, so even in my company, we do video calls whenever we can. Mm-hmm. So we'll do a little quick chat or something, but if it's a longer conversation, we never call each other. We mm. always video chat each other and we're all remote. So it, it's important because it has the added benefit of like, we can't just peer over the cube wall at someone. Yeah. You know? um, and so you could feel very isolated if you didn't get on video with someone all day long, you finally see them on our yearly retreat and you've, you've kind of seen each other for days, you know? And so it's not like, Oh, good. To, I've said this before. I'm like, Hey, good to see you again. It's like, Casey, we've actually never met before. I'm like, oh, no way. Like, <laughs> we've talked so many times, you know, in front of each other yep. that I just sort of took that for granted. No, I love that. And I love the remote working. I think more companies need to yeah. embrace that. That just changes the dynamic of my personal life being able to work remote. I work harder being working remote than I do in an office. And I'm not saying office is bad, but I, I do think that there's a balance. If some people want to re- work remote, great. Why not? It's true that there's definitely some benefits to the, uh, the remote life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've often heard like in an office, there's like the, the, the tortoise and tortoise in the hair and the hairs get done really quick. And then they distract everybody Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> so, it's, it's or, or don't even start. They distract everyone, then go rush and then come back, distract everyone. Um, so there's all sorts of different things that can happen when you're on site. I do love a good, uh, nerf war every now and then but yeah no I, I do think there's a time and place but I do think there's a time and place for remote as well I think there's an equal balance of each really helps certain individuals succeed and some people love being in an office which is great that it's just having that choice I think is a really nice option got it what well, going back to that that personal branding and you know tying into organizational leadership yeah. what do you then recommend as people have they have their thing 
that they've already started, what's the best way to communicate that out to everyone? I would say I, my personal, obviously, recommendation is look for someone to help you. Mm. It's okay to ask for help. I, just like that person put on Facebook, I need a marketing consultant. She didn't really know what she needed at the time, but she knew she needed some marketing help. So it's okay to ask for help. I think that's the biggest key is sometimes people are scared or they're worried about the price or other pieces, but you just, you never know who will step forward, who will come into your life. So it, it's asking. It's, yeah. it's okay to ask. Yeah. I think to your point too, it's okay to ask, even if you don't know what the question is, Yeah, you know, this person didn't know what they needed. They just said, Hey, uh, anyone over there? Like, Hey, I was like, hello. <laughs> hello. I'm here. How may I assist you? Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it's the conversations I have with people. I'll start asking those questions and they're like, well, I don't know if I can afford it or this. And I'm like, well, let's talk. You, you really never know. Yeah, it's true. You don't really ever know. Um, you know, we were chatting earlier about passions. So I'd love to ask you now, like what, what are some of your passions? Because you said, you know, you want to live in that zone where you're doing those things. What are those yeah. things for you? Um, so I do, and I, I really, my number one thing is I love to help other people out. So like okay. that really drives me. But, um, on the other side of things, if you see this map next to me, I love yes. to, I love to travel. Travel is one of my greatest passions and it's only been a recent passion, which is funny. A while ago, I had no interest. People would talking, talk about going to other countries and do other mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm good. And then about five years ago, I just got the travel bug and I travel constantly. I love really? it. Really? Yes. What is constantly like? When, when were the last couple trips? <laughs> um, I just got back from Mexico yesterday. Okay. And then I was in Austin, Texas last week. Um, prior to that, a few weeks ago, I was in Spain. <laughs> oh, yeah, over there. You know, so no, the good thing is with my current role of consulting, I can work anywhere. So right. I do travel, but I'm also working. So I'm available. I email, I'll work in the mornings, mm -hmm. visit things at night. So it just, it really allows for my, what I'm looking for. And for me, travel is my create, creative outlet. I get, to, I get to see things, experience things that are different, that are new. It kind of really opens up my imagination. Um, being in Mexico, I was in this area at the Riviera Maya, and it was called Mayacoba. And it's this kind of enclosed, really private. There's four different hotels on this property, but it's almost like a mini rainforest on the beach. And it just wow. was fascinating and we went through a long bike ride through this nature walk they built and to me it was just I was in nature I was feeling connected with the earth and it's just very creative I kind of charges you up it does yeah. it really does just in seeing how other people live and experiencing the native food um yeah I, I love just experiencing different things that we may not experience here in the U.S. or actually or just in different states yeah true Sure, even a different state can can be a thing, but when you go to those other countries, you you get different branding, yeah. you get different advertisements, and I kind of find it refreshing to have an ad that I haven't seen a million times. <laughs> I do like, too. Oh, exactly. It's so nice. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a, or even like a different kind of Kit Kat bar ad, you know, yep. as opposed to what I've always seen and probably blanked out and not even looking at it now. What are some of the 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 most like your your top favorite places lately? Me, you know, top. I don't want to say 10 because, you know, what are some of the top ones that kind of just stand out as like some really memorable places? That I've traveled? Yeah. Uh, my favorite, Greece is one of my favorites. Really? I absolutely haven't been to Greece. Oh, highly recommended. The islands are absolutely beautiful. The food is delicious. Um, yeah, I loved Greece. It's just something about it. Like Santorini was absolutely stunning. You're up on this mountain with a bunch of beautiful white houses and yeah. hotels. and They have those blue domes, right? Is that yeah. the place? Yeah. Yep. Absolutely stunning. Uh, my next would be Iceland. Interesting. I absolutely loved Iceland. And I think the fact that there's so many different landscapes in Iceland. So as you come in, there's a lot of just kind of lava rock from years of volcano. Right. And then you're driving along and you go to the Blue Lagoon, which is this huge mineral hot spring bath, little man-made, but it's wow. absolutely beautiful. And then waterfalls, geysers. There was an open field of these 
beautiful purple flowers. Huh. It just, Iceland is, it's stunning. There's no other way to describe it, but stunning. Adding that to the list for sure. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. One more, if I had to pull one more out of you. Mm, this is a tough one. Gonna have to add Greece to my list. I'm gonna have to add Iceland to my list. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not sure. There's so many that I love. I know. I, I, huh. I'm, I'm, I'm Tough torn, call. I'm torn right now because there's so many. Did you ever not like going to a place? You know, I didn't love Rome. No? No. I mean, it was beautiful to see the Vatican and some of the, the Colosseum, all the ancient, but something about the city, I didn't love it. Yeah, agreed. I've been there and, and I totally get it. Uh, manic, typically. It's, yeah. so, it's so fast, but it's like a weird out of control fast just want everyone to kind of chill out so yeah, tus exactly. tuscany or something or a oh. i love a cz have you been to a cz oh okay so just north of rome a cz like saint francis of a cz this little small yep. hilltop town a castle on the top um cobblestones oh i would love i would love that yeah and woke up in the morning to bells and then trumpets oh. it's like why is there trumpets they had one of those flag day ceremonies was gonna was going on in the whole countryside and so every different countryside had their bells ringing and trumpets playing and you're like I'm waking up and so oh, I'll take awesome. that over like a like a Rome where it's very busy and yeah no I, keep moving. I agree I love the experiences actually I just remembered my other favorite I went to Morocco absolutely oh. Morocco was great and I rode camels in the Sahara Desert wow yeah that that was an that was amazing absolutely amazing experience was that scary? Because they're tall, right? They're like really big. It was a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> so you go up and it's, they're, they're dirty. There was a lot of like flies flying around, but they, they're sitting down and you hop on and then they stand up. So, and you're with a guide. So it felt kind of safe, but um, there was a younger one that was still in training and he was going a little crazy. <laughs> so I was like, I'm avoiding that one. And luckily yeah, the wo please, woman no, behind no. me, she, she, she was on that one. You know, whenever I do like a trail ride or something with friends, you're like, huh, horses are actually kind of big and powerful and strong. You know, you don't yeah. kind of take them for granted on TV. You're like, well, this thing actually, this can move. Exactly. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's like, nice horse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's so cool. So travel, huh? So travel just yeah. kind of charges up that energy so that you can do the other thing, which is to help people. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Very cool. Greece, Iceland, Morocco. Yeah, I got, I got places to go. Do you color in that map behind you? Is there like a you scrape <laughs> off a part of it? It's or? funny. There's actually one over here that you scrape off. Do you? <laughs> yeah. How How is it going? Do you you have um, a bunch of them done? You know, I there's a lot of places I still need to go. Yeah. I've done a lot of Europe, but I have not done Asia, Australia. I've only been to Morocco and Africa. And yeah, there's a lot more. Lot, lots to do. Have you been to Africa? Just only to Morocco. Oh, oh right. Right to Morocco. Um, well, you know, several of us are going to Tanzania next year. Oh, we're gonna do a little Kilimanjaro hike. Oh, awesome! So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, a little bit of a long flight, but uh, oh, I, yes, will, it is. I will bring some books. <laughs> yep, very cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, for sure. So awesome. Where can people connect with you? Where's a good place? Social, all those different kind of things. My most active is LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I'm on there multiple times a day. I'm posting various things. I like to post about passion stories. Oh, cool. If I find something really cool. Um, like recently here in Massachusetts, this husband and wife started a tiki boat up in Salem. And they just decided that they were going to build a tiki boat and sail it around and as a tour. And they, really? built the, they built the boat from scratch and they launched wow. this business, just a husband and wife. And they, I went on it two weeks ago. They were so fabulous and so passionate about what they did. And you could just feel the energy and the passion. I keep using that word, but yeah. that's, that's what they felt for this project. And they, they were just absolutely in love with what they were doing. And wow. that's what really drives me. What's it called? Do you remember? Yes. Tiki Boat Salem. Okay, Tiki Boat Salem, sold. Mm -hmm. Right now, people all over the country and the world are going, hmm, yeah. I may need to visit Boston and uh, check out Tiki Boat Salem, which is right near Boston. Yeah, north so of Boston, not near yeah. Here. Yeah. They're, they're closed for now because it's, it's a little chilly here. Uh, that's true. They'll be reopening back in May or June for the summer. Okay, okay. cool. 
Get your reservations now, people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here and just yeah. kind of hashing out some strategy, sharing your experiences. Thank you. No, this has been fabulous. And for everyone out there listening, if you've learned something, and I know you have, why? Everyone knows why. I literally have two pages of notes over here. So <laughs> if that is the case for you, then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader for at least one other person today and get this, get this in their hands so they can listen to it. And again, Renee, thank you so much for coming on here. This has been a blast. Perfect. No, thank you so much for having me. It was so great. I'm so glad I met you at a networking yeah, yeah. <laughs> ABM event. Who knows, right? Networking. You just bump yeah. into people and make connections. So yeah, hopefully perfect. we can send more people your way and get you even more busy so you can keep trying. Love it. <laughs> awesome. For everyone out there listening, this has been the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time. All right. A big thank you to today's sponsors. Cheshire Impact, helping marketers and sales win maximizing the use of Pardot and Salesforce. And a big thank you to Qualified.com, the number one live chat and chat bot platform for Salesforce and Pardot. Remember the giveaway. If you have Salesforce Pardot and you want a free copy of my book, Marketing Automation Unleashed, then you go over to Qualified.com, engage in the chat, do a demo, and tell them that Casey sent you, and that book will be on its way to your door. All right, we'll see you all in the next one.